Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. You team up with the best mortgage lender that you can find that is going to do everything they need to do to get you to that finish line. Best ever listeners, you ready to take your online advertising into the big leagues? Are you ready to get more leads? Well, how about we do all this for free? Yeah, sure, free. Well, it starts out with a free strategy session with Dan Barrett. You recognize his name, episode 565, titled Google AdWords and Cutting Edge Strategies. He's the only certified Google partner agency that works exclusively with real estate investors. That's why I'm talking about him. And he's managed over a million dollars of client spend and scored an 80th percentile for or higher for best practice. Basically, he knows his stuff. And he is offering a free strategy session for one hour to do a deep dive with you and learn about your market and collaboratively come up with an online advertising strategy based on your target audience. And he's offering to do this for the best ever listeners. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Now I mentioned free. Well, the strategy session is free. And then you can either take the online advertising strategy that he comes up with on the call and go implement it yourself. There you go. It's free. Or you can have him and his agency do it for you. It's a turnkey solution. And by the way, that likely wound up being free too, assuming that you're closing on the leads that he's generating for you as a result of all the efforts. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. He's got some amazing stuff. Ask him about the pre-targeting for direct mail lists that he does. It's something unique to their company And it's pretty exciting stuff. He's noticing some tremendous results as a result of doing pre-targeting. So ask him about that. AdWordsNerds.com forward slash Joe. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any fluff with us today, Stephanie Weeks. How you doing, Stephanie? I'm great. How are you today? I'm doing well and nice to have you on the show. A little bit about Stephanie. She is the owner of the Weeks Team, a mortgage financial services company. She's a mortgage lender with more than 13 years experience, closed thousands of loans, totaling hundreds of millions of dollars in volume, and based in New Orleans, Louisiana, the location of my bachelor party here about this time next month. So looking forward to that. Stephanie, with that being said, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your focus? 
Sure. So as you mentioned, I've been in lending for over 13 years and actually kind of fell into this because my original plan was to be a medical malpractice attorney. And so my path went along everything that would follow that up until going to law school, which I decided in April when I was supposed to go in August that something changed. And so I needed to have a backup plan. And I hadn't had a backup plan. But what I did have was I had already bought and sold several houses because my husband and I bought our first house when we were 18 years old. And so at that point, we were on house, I think, four or five, and I called my lender and I said, hey, how do you like your job and tell me about it and what it entails? Because I told my husband, I said, oh, my gosh, I don't have a plan B. What in the world am I going to do? And he said, well, anytime any friends or family want to buy or finance anything, they call you, you get your calculator out, and you start running numbers and advise them. So why don't you just go get paid to do that? And the rest is history. <laughs> so that was, what, 13 years ago? Yes. Okay. Now, what type of loans do you specialize in? Residential mortgage loans. And do you work with investors? I do, absolutely. What are some of the unique aspects of working with an investor that you've come across? Well, a lot of the lending institutions when it comes to investment property, they have a little bit higher fees that they charge. They also typically want to put it with some kind of balloon note. They will typically amortize it over a short period with an elevated rate. Well, for my investors, I have products from as little as 15% down for a single-family investment property with a 30-year fixed term without elevated expenses and without a balloon and without a prepayment penalty. And I also have options at 20% down, 25% down, or, of course, more if they would like to do that. And I can help those investors with single-family, one-unit, two-unit, three-unit, or four-unit. Let's go with the 15% down, 30-year fixed on a four-family what are you looking for from the borrower? Now, on the four-family, the minimum on the four-unit is 25% down. The 15% only applies to the single-family. All right, let's do the single-family then. 15%, 30-year, single-family. What do they need to have in order to qualify? Well, they're going to need to have enough money verified for the down payment, as well as the closing cost, as well as the prepaid items. We're also going to want to see some what we call reserves in the bank or savings. How much money is left after closing to where if those tenants didn't pay, how many months can you cover that before you default? Mm -hmm. So we're looking for a little bit of savings. The amount of savings depends on the total client profile. We're looking for good credit. As far as the amount of savings is the total credit profile, you mean credit score? Or are you looking at something else like things within the credit score as far as maybe debt to income or something like that? It's pretty much everything. We're going to look at the down payment, the cash reserves, the credit score, the utilization of credit, the job history, rental experience, being a landlord experience, those different types of things along with debt to income ratio and a number of other things as well. So we kind of look at everything. So for one client, I might need three months reserves, which means three of those new mortgage payments in the bank after closing. 
And for some clients, depending upon the number of properties they own, that might be 12 months that we need. The more properties, the more monthly reserves? Yeah, because we're looking to see what if something terrible happened and all the properties were vacant. How many months of those payments can you make before you actually default as an investor? All right. Let's use that single family example. What would be some deal breakers for you that you've come across before and you had to say, ah, sorry, can't work with you? Well, there are some people that would like to start investing in properties, but they don't have at least the 15% down. Or maybe they have the 15% down. They also own their own primary residence, but they have absolutely zero savings. That would definitely be a deal breaker because they're not in a position to pull from somewhere before having to default if the renter's up and leave. Okay. How about some general guidelines? Like, hey, if you want to be assured of getting approved for a single family, 15% down, 30-year mortgage, here are the specific things you need. As far as like getting really specific as far as the savings in the bank, and you can use a hypothetical example. Say you're buying a $100,000 property. Okay. So a hypothetical example would be if you have good or excellent credit. Which is? The average is about a 680. Okay. I define good as 700 and above, and I define excellent as 740 or above. Okay. So 700 and above credit. So I'd say a good credit and above. Say have at least 15% down. Looking for good job stability. So that means typically that you're on your job for at least two years in the same field. We're looking for income that can be verified. Can that be an entrepreneur who's been entrepreneuring for two years in the same field? For example, real estate? Absolutely. Absolutely. As long as it's verifiable income and it's not just like cash money or something, but absolutely 100%. Yeah. Okay. And then have, let's say if you're buying a $100,000 property, and let's say if you have another mortgage on your primary house, let's say that's $1,500. Let's say then you're buying an investment property, and that monthly payment's going to be $1,000. We're now up to $2,500 a month in mortgage expenses in that instance. So in addition to your down payment, closing costs, and prepaid items as well, we're going to typically, and sometimes there's exceptions to the rules, but we're going to typically be looking for at least three months reserves on those two properties, which in that particular case would be about $7,500 that's still left that you have access to liquid that you can pull from if you need to make those payments. As far as any other qualifications or things that would disqualify someone, for example, do they have to have experience as a landlord? Not necessarily. Sometimes they do, but not necessarily in every instance. You do not have to have that experience as a landlord. Some deal breakers would be late payments on any bills within the last 12 months Mm. or especially late payments on any mortgages (laughs) in the past 12 months. And let me say that we define late payment as more than 30 days late, not if you were due on the 10th and you paid it on the 20th. Mm -hmm. We define late as 30 days or more. So those would be some things that would be a deal breaker. Again, not having any savings, being short on the cash to close, that would be a deal breaker. Having too tight of a debt-to-income ratio, that could be a deal breaker. What's the ratio you look for? Typically, we want to see an overall debt ratio of 45% or less in this instance. Always less is a good thing, but typically no more than 45% on this scenario. And can you explain the debt-to-income ratio? Absolutely. 
the debt-to-income ratio, we look at two things. We look at the housing ratio, and we look at the overall debt-to-income ratio. So for the housing ratio, that is, what is that monthly payment in a percentage related to your monthly income? So what percentage is your housing ratio? As an example, if you make $1,000 a month, you have a $300 housing payment. That is a 30% ratio. Does that make sense? Yep. And then we also look at overall debt-to-income ratio. So we look at all the debts that you have. We look at minimum payments. We also include the new proposed mortgage or any existing mortgages. And then we take that and consider a ratio in relation to your monthly income. And then that's your overall debt-to-income ratio. Very helpful. And I know that we hear those terms often, but sometimes it's just good to clarify or just get a refresher. And thanks for walking through that scenario. So let's talk about a challenge that you have. Or no, I don't want to go that way. Let's talk about a way that you've optimized your business. Because how long have you had the Weeks team? The Weeks team works at Mortgage Financial Services. So I run the Weeks team, but I don't own Mortgage Financial Services. And I've been having the official team, if you will, for probably about four or five years now. Mm-hmm where I realized that as the industry changed and as it became more difficult and more complicated, shall I say, that it started to take a lot more of my time to put a file together and that in order to still be able to put the files together while delivering the same customer experience that I want to deliver to each customer, I had to start leveraging myself with people that were the same or better than me at what I do. Being a mortgage lender, to me, and please educate me, to me, there's a specific skill set that needs to be present, and that is someone who's very good at underwriting and also good with people to bring in the business. So bring in the business, good with people, good with underwriting, you got to know your numbers. And I know with building a team, at least my own personal experience, I want to bring in people who have complementary strengths. So I'm good at some stuff and I'm not good at others. So I want to bring in people who compliment me for the areas I'm not good at. But with a mortgage lender, I wouldn't think, but this is where I need to be educated, that there's a lot of skills that would be lacking or that you wouldn't be able to be very good at to scale. So do you compliment your team with people who have similar skill sets as you because it is a people person thing and an underwriting thing? Or do you bring people in who have different skill sets than you? Actually, I want someone who has similarities with me, but then also complements some places that I lack. That's how I structure my team. So it's a little bit of both, really. It's not completely someone completely opposite or someone exactly the same. And you mentioned skill set and underwriting and know your numbers. Very excited that for the second year in a row, I've been named in the top 1% of mortgage lenders in the nation. But honestly, my daughter asked me about a week ago, well, mom, how many other loan officers are there? And I actually had no idea. And this morning, I jumped on Facebook, and someone that I know across the country that also made the top 1%, well, she posted that she read that there are actually 136,000 loan officers (laughs) 136,000, and so I made the top 1%, which is pretty exciting. But what's important is that I take my job so seriously, and I treat people's money 
better than I would even treat my own money. And what you need to look for in a loan officer is a skill set of someone who, one, you feel like you trust, two, who has your best interest at heart, three, who's going to advise you of your whole entire overall situation, not just say, sure, you want this loan type, here you go. Mm -hmm. But hey, you want this, this is great, but here's some other food for thought and how that might help you in your five-year plan. You want someone who cares about every single detail because if I don't spend the extra time to actually get quotes for all these different services that go along with a loan so that I can tell the client, this is what your payment is and this is what you'll bring to closing or less Mm -hmm. and be able to guarantee that, you have got to have a lot of detail, a lot of diligence, a lot of care to be able to do that versus just guess some numbers and then it'd be wrong but you're affecting someone's livelihood in their life when they're investing in properties. And the other thing I would say, and the last thing, I feel like I'm getting long-winded on you, but the other thing I would say is this is what is so important, is that there are many times when my team gets a loan that's been denied by someone else, and so they're calling us to salvage it and try to keep that closed date. There are times when that loan was never a loan, and for 30, 45 days you had all these people's lives affected because someone didn't do their job in the beginning and that was never a loan. And then the other half of the time, the loan is perfectly fine, but it wasn't done the right way. So the best way to think about getting yourself a mortgage loan is it's just like hiring an attorney. The lender is the judge and the jury, and they're going to tell you whether you're approved or denied. But basically, your file is your file. It's all in how your attorney puts it together versus someone else. In this instance, as your loan officer, I'm your attorney. So if someone puts your file together one way versus the way that I put it together and present it, I might win your loan versus your loan just got denied by someone else. Mm -hmm. So I'm bringing everything that I learned in the legal field, and I realized it clicked. Oh, my gosh, I'm doing exactly what I thought I would do, but just in a different capacity Mm -hmm. because I am analyzing a situation. I am advising a client. I am finding what's best for them. I'm putting their whole entire case together to present it so that I win slam dunk 100% of the time. And I'm extremely proud to say that my team of every single loan that we submitted to underwriting in 2016, we did not have one loan denial. Wow. Not one. And that is ridiculously strong. Has that happened in years prior for you, or was last year the culmination of what you've been up to and kind of refining the process? 2015, we had two loans denied, and in 2014, we had one. So it's been between one and two, but last year, right, exactly. And you know what the difference was? Was We got a little more firm in the beginning because the two loans that were denied in 2015 Honestly, they did not follow our direction or our instruction, and we just went along with it trying to still fix when they weren't listening. But ultimately, they got their own loans denied. So now we've just gotten firmer in that. Hey, look, you can call Joe Blow down the street, and he's going to tell you this is going to be fast and easy, and I need nothing from you, and you're going to have 15 stops. You're going to be frustrated. Your numbers are not going to be your numbers, and lucky if you go to closing and if you get there on time. But me, I'm going to be up front honest and say it's a little bit of work because I need all this stuff but trust me because I'm going to get you there and realize that some of the things I ask you for may not even seem logical in the real world but they're logical 
in mortgage lending. Stephanie, based on your experience as a mortgage lender, what is your best advice ever for real estate investors? Well, that's a super tough one. <laughs> you knew um, it was coming, though. <laughs> <laughs> right, I guess so. Um, honestly, if you're paying cash, I don't have any advice. That's amazing. But if you do need to get a mortgage loan, the absolute best advice, because if you're investing in properties, then that's your business, right? That's part of your livelihood. Yep. And time is money. And wasting money on appraisals and inspection is also a waste of money. So my biggest advice is if you're an investor and you are going to have mortgages when you're purchasing these properties, you team up with the best mortgage lender that you can find that is going to do everything they need to do to get you to that finish line. What, so don't take that decision lightly. What are the top three questions that a best ever listener should ask their prospective mortgage lender? This one's kind of a joke, but it's kind of funny and kind of true. For me and my team, we actually review guidelines on almost a daily basis because on almost a daily basis, guidelines are changing. And we actually get the guidelines printed out every few months. We get the updates. And those books fall apart because we are in them. We are learning how everything works, how it has to be done, how to put the file together. So one of the questions I say as a joke is, you're talking to a loan officer, ask them when's the last time they read the guideline book. And it's kind of mean for me to say it, but I still think it's funny. You should see their face or hear them stutter because, unfortunately, most loan officers have never picked up a guideline book. It's okay. frustrating to me. That's, if I asked you that question, what would your answer be? Yesterday. You read the, guide, read guideline, the guideline book yesterday. Yeah, not the whole book, but the updates. Right. Right, there's updates almost on a daily basis. Right, okay. exactly. So I read two different full updates yesterday. What's the second question? The second question would be ask them what kind of added value they bring. So just one example if someone asked me, okay, Stephanie, what kind of added value do you bring? I would say, well, number one, the mortgage industry is broken, and I wanted to change that, so I wrote the book on mortgages. The second thing is, is I'm going to treat your money like it's mine. The third thing is, is I'm going to advise you on your overall situation based on the five-year plan that you tell me that you have, your goals for closing costs, cash out of pocket, monthly payment. I am going to shop the title companies for you to get you a good deal. I am going to shop your homeowner's insurance for you to get you a good deal. I don't care what title or what insurance company you choose. I have zero benefit of doing that other than giving another added value to my customer to have them look at quotes and make a decision to make sure that your numbers are accurate and they're the best that they could possibly be. And the other thing that I would say is my added value is, again, I do run a team, so we always have two licensed people that work just about every file just to make sure that we bounce ideas off each other, have a second set of eyes, which is huge. And so those are some of the things, and there's more, but those are some of the things I would say are my added value. And they definitely want to ask that question of a potential loan officer and see how they answer that. And the third question? The third question would be, how many families did you help last year or how many closings did you have? However you want to word that that's most appropriate for you. Because according to the last stat that I read last year, and I haven't found a newer one, the average loan officer closes 1.4 loans a month. Well, let me leave you with this question. If the guidelines are changing on almost a daily basis with updates 
and there are a pretty decent number of programs that are out there and available, and you're closing less than two loans a month as a loan officer, how are you going to be the best in your field? How do you know how to put that file together? How do you know how to get that approval? How do you have the experience to know how to work around a problem if you haven't done it enough times? Makes sense. I love it. Those are phenomenal questions. Those three right there and then how you talked about how you would respond. Really valuable. Thank you for that. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Thank you. Okay, I guess. (laughs) I'm kind of (laughs) nervous. Let's do it. First, though, a quick word from our best ever partners. Got your free strategy session to generate online leads yet? Well, if not, go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Dan Barrett's going to give you a concrete online advertising strategy by the end of the conversation. You can choose to implement it yourself or you can work with this team and they'll implement it for you. Adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Are you ready to grow and protect your wealth in any market? Join Cashflow Tactics to learn the exact strategies real estate investors can use to maximize returns using whole life insurance as a new banking resource. Visit CashflowTactics.com. That's C-A-S-H-F-L-O-W-T-A-C-T-I-S.com. Stephanie, what's the best ever book you've read? I would say the list is so long it's ridiculous, honestly. But I would say top of my mind is The Go-Giver. By Bob Berg. Mm Mm-hmm. Best ever listeners, you can listen to my interview with Bob. Just search his name at thebesteversho.com and his episode will pop up. I I can't find it right now on Google. But Bob Berg, he's been on the show a couple times actually. Great guy. What's the best ever way you like to give back? My heart is really with the deaf community. So I serve on the board at the local deaf action center. And I try to give money for every loan that I close to that center. And that's one of the things. I do several things, but that's really where my heart truly is. What is the best place the best ever listeners can get in touch with you? You can go to my website at weeksteam.com. You can check out the Weeks Team on Facebook. Or you can call our office, which is 985-300-LOAN. Are you lending or do you have programs for every state? Not every state. I am licensed in multiple states. Right now, I am in Louisiana and Texas. I'm also licensed in several other states, but waiting for the company to get licensed in those states. So it should be within the next few weeks, I'll also be in Mississippi. And then within the next couple months, I'll also be in Florida as well. I'm personally licensed in Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Texas, Georgia, and Florida. But the way that it works with the regulations is the company has to be licensed there as well. So We're working on getting them added to all the states that I'm in. Well, Stephanie, this was an important conversation for the best ever listeners who are looking for residential loans, one to four family, and want to know how to qualify for a 15% down 30-year fixed mortgage, as well as what three questions to ask a mortgage lender. One, when was the last time you read the guideline book and then wait for the awkward pause? Two, what kind of added value do you bring? And then three, how many customers did you have last year? And you went through the benchmarks for each of those three, which is important. So we know what a good answer is, an average answer is, a poor answer is, and an outstanding answer is. So thanks so much for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day, Stephanie, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And don't forget, too, that you can check out my book, Mortgage Peace, at Amazon.com. 
Oh, sweet. We'll include that in the show notes. Thank you so much. Are you ready to grow and protect your wealth in any market? Join Cashflow Tactics to learn the exact strategies real estate investors can use to maximize returns using whole life insurance as a new banking resource. Visit CashflowTactics.com. That's C-A-S-H-F-L-O-W-T-A-C-T-I-S dot com.